0: Recalling Gascone, Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascone faces more challenges to his agenda on criminal law reform. This time from his constituents. Joshua Spivak returns to Recall Splain. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk today. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great day out there, wherever you might be. Thank you for tuning in and making this show part of your day. And of course, today we're talking about yet another California recall. And arguably, this one will have more of an impact on the law, at least the criminal law aspect of it. But first, before we get into it, we need to thank our sponsor for their generous support, NOTA. NOTA is powered by M&T Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. How true. Take advantage of NOTA, a no cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnota.com forward slash legal to learn more. That's Noda spelled NOTA spelled N O T A. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. Let's say hello to our returned guest, Joshua Spivek. Welcome back, sir.
1: Hi.
0: Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, just by uh, way of coincidence, I didn't actually plan for these two episodes to air back to back. You know, we did a previous episode about the uh, recall efforts against Governor Gavin Newsom. And so this came up organically. It caught the news, caught my eye and we invited you back. So I appreciate that. Let me, let me do a little setup, Joshua, just for our listeners out there that maybe haven't been following the district attorney, George Gascone story. So district attorney, George Gascone uh, of course, for the LA County ran for office against it. Incumbent. Jackie Lacy, and uh, he won his election uh, November 2020, and he ran on a platform of criminal justice reform, and since his election he's been trying to implement the criminal justice reform, but it ruffled the feathers of his deputy district attorney so much so that they sued him, which is unusual because it's not usually good uh, around the water cooler, as I said in that episode that we did on this earlier, to sue the boss. And so kind of an unusual lawsuit, and uh, it went forth, and it basically was about an injunction. The injunction was to get some of these measures that district attorney George Gascone put into place. And so from his side Side of things you know he wanted to put forth these these criminal justice reform efforts worried that uh, some of these over enforcement and aggressive sentencing enhancements might disproportionately target, impact uh, people of color. So he wanted to fight against that by trying something new. And the deputy district attorneys felt that that was overriding their prosecutorial discretion and also pulling off some of the sentencing enhancements uh, that they had on cases pending. And so that that's from their side of So anyway, right now, as it stands, there's an initial judgment and it kind of favored both sides. So I guess kind of a tie. Uh, some people say it maybe favored the deputy district attorney's side of things, but I think uh, both sides kind of got their way. But of course, District. Attorney George Gascone wanted to appeal that because he wants to get his uh, criminal justice reform efforts into place. And so he's filed an appeal. And while we're waiting for that, while that was going on, this recall effort began. And so, Joshua, that's where I turn back to you. There is a brand new recall effort here to try to recall District Attorney George Gascone. So I guess who is leading the charge for these uh, recall effort or this recall effort? And then I guess, as I understand it's a group, how are they qualified
1: to do this? Well, anyone is qualified to do it. Anyone's allowed to launch a recall effort. The sheriff is, is the most notable name. The sheriff of L.A. County is backing this and has gotten his name out there in front of it. But there's a whole group of people mainly focused on victims' rights issues. They're the ones who are pushing the recall effort forward
0: yeah and there, there was a big list of people out there and so I'll put some of these sources in our show notes uh, so people can check this out for themselves but a lot of former law enforcement a lot of former criminal law justice folks out there but yeah you're right there was uh, some groups of, of some victims rights uh, advocacy groups but uh, you know on on district attorney George Gascone's side what what groups are standing uh, at his side Who, who's fighting against the recall effort
1: well right now that it's sort of uh, early on in the process. Uh, there's no organized effort that I'm seeing that's pushing to in favor of Gascogne, but there's not too much of a need for that. The burden is very much on the petitioners. They need to collect 581,000 signatures, a little more than that, actually. And that is an enormous lift. To put that in perspective, the Wisconsin governor recall you needed less than that.
0: Okay. Now, what are what are the stated uh, grounds for this recall effort? I know they've got, they listed out just a uh, long list of grievances here, but what are the highlight ones?
1: The highlights seem to be about abandoning crime victims and weakening law, lawful sentencing and things like that, really focused on Gascone, who was elected as a progressive very much a- along the this recent battle among DAs. DAs historically have not been that controversial of a position. They've been people who have been pushing for more crime fighting, more sentencing, kind of a a more pro-police position, and think Thomas Dewey or Rudy Giuliani. Now, all of a sudden, there's been a pushback the other way from progressive groups. This Philadelphia had a very famous election where a district attorney who was a former criminal defense attorney won, and now San Francisco and L.A. both had that happen last year, so there's been a push that way. And in fact, the San Francisco district attorney is also facing a recall under similar grounds.
0: Interesting, interesting. So, kind of a kind of a pendulum swing here for uh, for policy preferences. So, well, let's uh, let's talk about this now. I, you and I got into this last time on the previous episode about recalling Governor Newsom, and basically, as I understand, the state of California doesn't build out certain requirements or thresholds that must be met in terms of a an elected official's performance, but they do seem to have some restrictions on time and place that you can engage in a recall. So, walk us through some of those.
1: So the, the big ones are are really a grace period. So you can't do it until he's 90 days in office.
0: So you basically like give him a chance to mess up?
1: <laughs> right. Also, you just don't want to have a rerun so quickly. Right. Some places don't have that law, but California or at least LA County does. The legislature has a, a law that's five days into session. So there, there are different... Different grounds, but 90 days in office. And then they don't let one happen with six months left in the term, simply because they don't want to pay for the recall. They feel like, okay, at that point, we've just got a new election. Let's, let's hold off for that. Not everyone has that law, by the way. Some people face recalls and reelections in the same vote.
0: All right. Now you mentioned the 90-day requirements. And when I was reading about this petition, they had to have 20 signatures to begin the recall process, you know, grabbing these signatures. So so walk us through the steps involved in obtaining these signatures.
1: Well, those they just collect from whoever wants to sign it. It's the next stage that's the real challenge. If you can't get the twenty state twenty signatures, you got a lot bigger problems right. than uh, anything else. Uh, so that first stage is always is almost uh, perfunctory.
0: Now, now you mentioned it was some number over five hundred eighty thousand. I'd read five hundred eighty thousand signatures are required, but I also read five hundred ninety thousand signatures are required. So I guess what's the
1: real number? And it's one hundred sixty days to get all of these well so it is 160 days the real number is 10% of voter of registered voters in the county so 590 makes sense they probably recalculate how many voters there are i i counted it myself but you know i calculated it myself but i might have been using numbers that were a little older so it certainly could be higher but it's it's in that range so the 10% just to To put this in perspective of the gubernatorial recall, the gubernatorial recall has 12%, but it's a voter turnout in the last election. This is 10% of total registered voters, which is actually a significantly higher number. It's about 15, 16% of voter turnout.
0: So that's a little bit, I mean, in terms of percentage, that's a little bit
1: higher hurdle to hit, correct? Yes. Yes. And it really is. So LA County is the biggest county in America. It's actually bigger than 41 states. It's not just LA, the city but the county. That just involves so many signatures that that's a real challenge. The only time we've seen more was Gray Davis and then more were handed in for Scott Walker and his lieutenant Governor Rebecca Cleefish back in 2012, but less were needed. It's simply a lot of signatures.
0: Well, get, getting back to uh, this recall effort against the district attorney, George Gasco. Now, obviously, this is going to be an effort. They're going to have to get people enlisted to circulate these petitions. So I guess who is eligible to both distribute these petitions? And then I guess who's eligible to sign them?
1: Well, you have to be a registered voter in California, in the district, in the county, registered before you sign it, to sign it. Collecting signatures is a different law. They're not allowed to limit who collects them. So you could collect. Otherwise, there's there's violations of First Amendment rights.
0: So so you don't have to live in the district to be someone that circulates the petition. That's what I'm hearing.
1: No, no, you you definitely don't. I'm not sure if you have to be in the state. I don't think you have to be in the state, but I'm not completely certain of what the state of the law is. But every time they've sued on this, they've they've won. Anyone who's suing saying, no, we should be allowed to collect has won. So it, it wouldn't be surprising if pretty much anyone could collect.
0: Well, at some point in order for any of these efforts to go forward, they're going to have to certify these signatures. So in the process of doing that, what, what are the factors they look for to make sure this is an authentic signature?
1: Well, they they compare it to other signatures that they have, like the DMV or voter reg- really the voter registration records. Uh, it, that's a pretty straightforward procedure. What's different about the governor, the the district attorney than the governor is, I believe the district attorney they will use a random sampling method. So they they figure out how many signatures there are, and then they just take a, a portion of them, and then. Based on if they have more than 110 percent of those are good, then they will let it go. Then the recall gets on the ballot. If a certain amount is not good, like eighty percent, less I think less than 90 percent, then the recall's tossed out. In between, then they start going through all of them.
0: It's too early to determine now, obviously, but uh, just assuming for this academic exercise that uh, these recall groups get or this recall group gets enough signatures, what does a recall election process look like? You know, in theory, how does Los Angeles County get a new district attorney?
1: Well, it's uh, the same thing as the gubernatorial one in that the recall will allow an up or down vote on if. He gets a majority, then he stays. If a majority votes yes to remove, he's out. And then the replacement race is a plurality. So however many people run, the person who finishes what would be called first past the post, that could be 20%. That person becomes the DA.
0: Okay. Okay. And then what's a reasonable timeline that uh, everyone can expect for this to resolve itself?
1: Oh, that's not clear, because they got 160 days to get the signatures, and then then there's some more time. And then it could be, if it's close enough, it could be pushed in with the next election. So it's possible if this takes long enough, and I, I don't know that that's likely to happen, but then it could be pushed in with the primary in 2022.
0: Now, if there's a if there's a recall election uh, taking place, is District Attorney Gascon allowed to serve for the remainder of his term until that recall election is figured out?
1: Yes, exactly. He's still gov. He's still District Attorney. There's no. Handing in the signatures does not remove the person. It's only the vote that removes them.
0: All right, my last two questions for you, Joshua, involve my taxpayer hat and my policy hat. So let's start with the taxpayer hat. Just typically speaking, I realize this is probably an impossible figure to calculate at this moment. But you know, typically speaking, how much do these recall elections cost the state of California?
1: I don't know. They won't know. They, they won't know. I, actually. I, can't, I shouldn't say I don't know. They don't know, and we'll we'll find out soon enough. They will put. The number forward. One of the reasons to push it and include it with the primary is it lowers the cost, but it doesn't make it zero. It just lowers the cost. The gubernatorial one may cost 80 to 100 million. So this would cost somewhat less than that, obviously, but still, you know, probably in the tens of million, at least $10 million, I would assume.
0: All right, so uh, closing things out on my policy question. And you did get into this a little bit, but just seeing what you're seeing with these recall efforts. Now, to me, you know, coming from out of state, now living in Southern California, this is this is a new process kind of an eye opener, but it does seem like there is more aggression behind recalls now than there used to be. So, I guess from a
1: policy perspective, what can we draw from that? It's not clear what we would draw outside of people are angry or people are more willing to use the recall because they've seen it used successfully and they know about it that that may be what's pushing the recall a closer election pushes the recall i think uh, technology and making things cheaper to do getting people angry getting people organized that helps push recalls so while there has been this expansion potentially it's not even clear It's not clear what the impact will be. It's interesting that the DAs are facing it. There haven't been too many DA or prosecutorial recalls. So over the last 10 years, in the entire U.S., there's only been four recalls against what we would call an attorney position, and only one of them against the San Bernardino City Attorney, which is not a DA, took place in California, and that was in 2013. You don't see it as often. Admittedly, there's a lot less district attorneys than there are city councilmen and mayors. You know, just the city council has five or 10 people. There could be a number of mayors in in LA County. There's a ton of mayors and there's only one DA. So that could be an impact, but it could be, we'll see more of this as time goes on. Well, Joshua, I
0: really enjoyed our conversation again. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, you cover this a lot. So what's the best place listeners, uh, you know, can get the latest information on recalls? I mean, you don't just do California,
1: you do other places as well. So where, where's the best place to go? The Recall Elections blog. That's, uh, I write that, try to keep it up. Sometimes I'll have big posts. Sometimes I'll have just little ones saying, here's what's happening in Idaho. And thank you, listeners,
0: for tuning in. We appreciate you being here with us. If you like today's episode, please recommend this show to a friend. And one more thank you to our sponsor, Nota. You can find them at TrustNoda.com forward slash legal. That's Nota spelled N-O-T-A. Check them out. And last but never least, thank you to our team producer, Molly McDonough, and our LTN audio crew for making us sound so good. This has been Legal Talk today. I'm Lawrence Clutty. Have a great day, everybody. Bum bum bum